The tree of life was in the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis. But what happened to it? This is Tony Broom Ministries, bringing to you the old-time preaching of God's anointed word. Here's Pastor Tony with his bit of humor, followed by the sermon entitled, Right to the Tree of Life. I guess people get tired of me telling about these short man jokes about me and Brother Ernest. One good thing about being short is when you jump up and down, they don't even have to move the camera. They just leave where it is. <laughs> when you can't see where you're going, it's bad to be tall. This buddy of mine named Don, he's in the presence of the Lord now. But Don was vision impaired. He had a big problem because everywhere he went, he was over six feet tall, and he'd boop, run into things, and I'd just zip right under him and just keep on going. Ah, oh, it's a wonderful thing to know that as a believer, we have right to the tree of life. I want to talk to you about right to the tree of life. Our text is Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. That is a glorious privilege. If God never does anything else for us, He has given us the right to have right to the tree of life, to know that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and we have a right to the tree of life. He said, blessed are they that do His commandments. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You can say, Lord, and you can claim to have a relationship with Christ. We have our, what I call our spot videos. And on one of the spot videos that we had recently, it said that people said they love Jesus but they hate the church. That's impossible. That is not only a paradox, that's a killer dox. Kill the ox or whatever. You can't do that. You can say it, but it doesn't hold water. You cannot love Jesus Christ and hate the church. Because the scripture said he gave himself for the church, he died for the church. He builds the church on the rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus loves the church. The church is the bride of Christ. If you claim to love Christ and you hate the church, you can't be a part of the bride. Why would you want to be a part of a bride that you hate? Not everyone has right to the tree of life. But everyone can have right to the tree of life. In this life, you get things according to your skin color, according to the way in life that people might like you. They'll give you certain things. But that's not the way it is in the kingdom of God. God doesn't care what color your skin is. He doesn't care what status in life you have. You can come to Him, whether you're a king or whether you're a pauper, everyone can receive the same thing. We can all have life and have it eternal. We can have right to the tree of life. Blessed are they that do His commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. The song said everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. Well, it's even worse in the nation that we're living in. They ain't even talking about heaven anymore. But it's time people get right with God. 
Because it's more than just a presidential election. You got to do more than elect a president. You got to, God, glory to God, you got to elect a king over your life. Who's going to be your Lord? Who's going to be your master? Not everyone has right to the tree of life, but they can. All they have to do is receive Christ into their heart as Savior and Lord. We're introduced to this tree in Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Other than fruit trees, there were two in the middle of the garden. One represented life, the other represented death. Even Moses said, I set before you this day death and life. Therefore choose life that both you and your children may be blessed. Moses said, in effect, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but in effect I need to tell you what to do. If there's not but two choices and one is death and one is life, you're a fool to choose death. He said, choose life that both you and your children may be blessed. They're in the garden. All these trees look good for food. And there was another one that looked good for food, but they shouldn't have eaten from it. God said, in the day that you eat from it, you'll surely die. That was a tree that represented death. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They didn't need to know evil. They already knew good. They didn't need to know any evil. But they and we through them partook of that tree and we did what God told us not to do and we've been plagued with death and disease and despair and distress and all these things ever since then. We were introduced to that tree in the Garden of Eden. There was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and there's also the tree of life. Why man will continue to choose death instead of life? It is appalling to me. Turned away from the tree. Genesis chapter 3 verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. As I said, we already knew good. We didn't need to know evil. And all the things that we have learned and are continuing to learn, all the new gadgets and all the new things that are coming out, it's not the good that is hurting us, it's the evil that is hurting us that we continue to learn and we say, we just got to learn about that. And the more we learn, the more we burn. We don't need to know evil. God said man has become like one of us. That's what the devil through the serpent told them. God knows in the day that you eat it, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, He told them correction that, but they didn't need to know evil. God said they have become like us to know good and evil, and now, lest He put forth His hand and take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. You say, could man really have done that? He must have. God said He could. He had to keep Him from doing it. God wants us to take of the tree of life and live, but not in our own way. See, we can't be like Frank Sinatra. We can't do it our way. We have to come God's way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. 
because of the condition that we had gotten into, the tree of life had to be kept from us. It's a bad thing that the tree of life and God and all the goodness of God had to be kept from us because we were so stinking sinful that God couldn't have anything to do with us. But He did through Christ our Lord. But He couldn't in the condition that we were. Man wasn't meant to live forever in the condition in which we were and which many people still are today. We were not meant to live that way. And God had to keep us out from the tree of life and to keep the tree of life away from us. And He knew that we were so set in our ways that He had to have a flaming sword and angel cherubim there to guard and protect the tree of life lest we would come of our own accord and try to find salvation in our way and eat and live forever in a depraved condition. We're benefited by the tree. Exodus chapter 3 verse 23 through 26 has the children of Israel coming to Marah. Marah is the place of bitter water. They could not drink of the water and they murmured against Moses. He cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast the tree into the waters, they were made sweet. From verses 25 and 26, there he, that is God, there he made for them a statute and an ordinance. What is a statute and an ordinance? God said, okay, you want to murmur, you want to try to find things, you want to complain because things are not right, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll set up a statute and an ordinance. We'll try to see what is in your heart. There he proved them, meaning he wanted to see if they really trusted him or not. That's what God wants to know. Of course, he already does in his divinity and eternity. But in our way of talking, he wants to know whether we really trust him or not. And he said, if thou wilt, in four things that were the conditions, four things, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. We've already missed it right there because we have not diligently hearkened to the voice of the Lord our God. Here's the second one. We'll do that which is right in His sight. I hate to pick on America today, but the Holy Spirit's already been moving in that direction during the prayer time. So do you think we in America are doing what's right in the sight of God? If you do, you need to buy yourself an RC the rest of your life and see if you can't drink them. I know they're better than the Pepsi ever thought about being, but we have not done that which is right in the sight of God. We're running further and further away from God. Here's the third one. We'll give ear to His commandments. We're not listening to the commandments of God, generally speaking. We have taken them off the courthouse wall. We have moved them out of the schoolhouse room. So we won't have to hear what God says. We'll listen to Allah and Buddha and all these false gods, but we won't listen to the real and living and true God. I'm about to preach up in here this morning. We have not given ear to His commandments to keep all His statutes. There were four things, and I think in three strikes we're already out. So we're passed out. His statutes. He said, if you do all these things, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's amazing how we as Pentecostals get a hold of that last part. Oh, I am the Lord that heals thee. I am the Lord that heals you. It's a wonderful verse. 
you got out all that other part. You know why he can't heal us? Because we haven't done all of what he told us to do, those four things. He said, I'm the Lord who heals you. But you've got to do my commandments. You've got to walk in my ways. You've got to listen to my word. We haven't done that. So what in the world are we going to do? We're going to die in our disease. But here comes Jesus. And he fulfills the law for us. He does keep God's commandments. He does listen to God's word. He fulfills all that for us. And he said, I am the Lord who heals you. And with his stripes we are healed. Israel was benefited by that tree that they cast into the water and made the water sweet again. And you and I are benefited by the tree of life, even though we haven't even gotten to heaven yet. We're benefited by that tree because there was another tree on which he died for me. The songs today were about the tree. I know it sounds old-fashioned. I know it sounds old fogey. I know it sounds old-timey. But Jesus did die on a tree. And if you're embarrassed and you've got a Bible that don't say tree, you need to get your grandpa Bible and a grandma Bible that still says tree. Amen. He died on the tree for us. That old rugged cross on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. We don't need to be ashamed of that cross. Preaching of the cross is foolishness to them who are perishing, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. The reality of the tree is a reality. It's not just a fairy tale. It's not a hocus pocus. It's not not pie pie in the sky by and by when you die. It's real right now where you and I live. That cross, that tree is the only hope that you've got. Acts chapter 5 verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hanged on a tree. To be hung on a tree in the Old Testament was a despicable thing. God said if you're hung on a tree, you're cursed of God. The curse of God rests on you if you have to be hung on a tree. And the curse of God came upon His only begotten Son as He hung on the tree for you and me. He had, he had redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. I just want to praise Him today for this no reason and every reason. It don't matter. Amen. Whom they slew and hung on a tree. Acts chapter 10 verse 39. Chapter 13 verse 29. When they had fulfilled all that was written of Him, they took Him down from the tree and laid Him in a sepulcher. I just want to bring to us these verses today that reminds us that on that jagged, ragged, rugged cross, He went up and down on that cross trying to get a breath and He held Himself and He fell back down in torture and agony on that cross. He stretched out His arms between heaven and earth and He hung there for six hours suffering agony for you and I. It wasn't a fairy tale. It wasn't a piece of cake. It wasn't just... Friday night at the drive-in. Jesus suffered torture and agony. He suffered as no man had ever done. And they did all that was written. Had to be fulfilled. And then they took Him down and they put Him in a sepulcher. But God. <laughs> that but God. But God raised Him from the dead. The greatest thing God ever did is when He raised His own Son from the dead and set Him in His own right hand in the heavenly places. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who His own self bear our sins in His own body on the tree, 
He took my sins and He nailed them to that tree. He nailed them to that cross. I want to make sure that our generation knows that it's not just making a religious decision for Jesus Christ. That He suffered in torture and agony. He bled and died. And He shed His blood for you on the old rugged cross. If you're ashamed of that, just keep on trucking. But there's a hell to shun and there's a heaven to gain. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. We have a description of the tree. This tree of life is presented to us not only in the Garden of Eden, way back in the book of Genesis, but it's also in the book of the Revelation. They that do his commandments may have right to the tree of life and may enter into the gates to the city. You're not going to get into the gates of the New Jerusalem just because of who your name is. Just because if your daddy was a church builder or was a preacher or was a prophet or was an apostle or was somebody big in the church. Just because your mama taught Sunday school. That's not going to get you in. You've got to do what's right in the sight of God. You have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Revelation 22 verse 2 in the midst of the street of it, that is the holy city, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. We find it again, not only in the book of Genesis, but in the book of the Revelation in the end. We find the tree of life. Many things have been destroyed. Many things have been done away with. But the tree of life is preserved. God made sure that the tree of life is protected and it has been preserved down through the ages and now you and I can partake of that same tree of life one of these days. We're already doing it spiritually, but we're going to do it actually physically and glorifiably, if that's a word. One of these days, we find it there in the midst of the street of the city, on either side the river, the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruit and yielded her fruit every month. Every month you had a different kind. You could go out and eat from the tree of life. You didn't have to eat to live, but then you could really live to eat. You could live to eat of that tree of life and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Do you want right to the tree of life? Then come to the foot of Calvary's cross. That's the only way you can have right to the tree of life. You've got to come to the foot of the cross. Kneel at the cross. Christ will meet you there. Father, we love you today. We thank you for the opportunity to be in this place. We thank you for the goodness of God. We thank you that as believers, we have right to the tree of life. We thank you, Lord, that we have a right to partake of the salvation and the blessings of God, the goodness of God, the greatness of God. We thank you, Lord, that we have a right to be saved. We have a right to be blessed. We have a right to be healed, a right to be lifted up because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the old road cross. We bless you today for that. And we thank and praise your name. I pray that many would come into the wonderful palace of God's mercy and grace and partake of that tree of life today and be saved and born again. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Isn't it good to know, that what we lost in Adam we gain in Christ? Right to the Tree of Life has been a production of, Tony Broom Ministries.